RJ, hi. Give me an eye roll. You're you're famous. Your eye rolls. Have I eye rolled on cameras for artists? Because sometimes I like internally do one of these and like, ugh. Am I that famous for eye rolls at this point? Hi, my name's Brian Crawford with pghmuseums.org, and over the next several weeks, I'll be talking with artists, museum directors, and even the general manager of a professional sports team. Due to the COVID-19 coronavirus, we'll be practicing social distancing and speaking over video, and talking about how the virus is affecting the people who make our culture community work. We'll be discussing how it's affecting their lives, how they're staying creative, overcoming challenges, and how they plan to bounce back when we can all leave our homes again. Please join me for COVID Conversations. We're with RJ Kozain, 2020K. He also produces music. He is the host of Art Talk. RJ, have you ever eye-rolled because of me? Have I ever caused a famous RJ eye-roll? I just eye-rolled while you were giving that introduction. Yes, all of the time. I don't think my eye-roll stop when it comes to you, but it's part of my love. Like, if I eye-roll at you... I don't, I reserve those for people. <laughs> okay, so so what, what have I, what is like the, what what have I done that has given you the biggest eye roll? Asking me that question, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I can't say that on camera. Off camera though, when the tell-all comes out about Brian Crawford's time with me in PJJR Talk, it's going to be a bestseller. All right. called RJ Eye Rolls at Brian, and it'll be <laughs> number one. Have you eye rolled over any of the situations going on dealing with this uh, coronavirus COVID-19 situation? Have you eye rolled at the government? Have you eye rolled at people <laughs> who are not following social distancing? Who, is, who has gotten the biggest eye roll there? Uh, everyone has gotten the biggest eye roll. I, things have been changing so rapidly with it that one second I'm eye rolling at something, the next minute I'm like taking it seriously and being like, I can't like, just like shrug that off anymore. Um, I, I'm just social distancing, distancing from everyone. This has been great. See, I hate it. I am too much of an extrovert. I can't stand not being around people. I'm envious of you because you have a dog. I have nothing here. I've got the, I've got Alexa that's my only companion right now is Alexa, sadly. Alexa's good. I uh, I do have the dog and the boyfriend. And we were just talking today about like how we don't realize that some people don't and they're just stuck in their house like alone. So hi, I'm here if you want to talk at any time. But, well, that, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I've actually considered myself lucky, even though I am one of those people who are alone because I could still go to work. And it's sad for me to say that like, I'm thankful for work because it's provided a social life because <laughs> I've always been like steadfast against that, but, but it is the case. But yeah, so you, you do have your, your boyfriend and your dog around you. So you do have some things going for you and you're, are you working from home? Are you going to work? I am. So I'm not unaffected. Thankfully the day job I have, I'm working from home. The hours haven't been cut. Um, thank you for being an essential employee, first of all, because I know you are not working from no, home. I'm not rolling at you. <laughs> You're doing good things though. I mean, th there's problems. There's problems with a lot of things with how this has been handled, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky to be from home. Um, when I work on like music and stuff, I'm legitimately six inches from the workstation. So life hasn't really changed for me, except for the fact that I wish I could like go out to dinner every so often because I'm very introverted and I don't even turn on for the camera until you tell me that camera is rolling whenever we do these interviews. Uh, but I like going out and I miss it. That's, but beyond that, life hasn't really changed for me. Yes, yeah, I am such an extrovert. Like I will, like my days off, I, well, first off, I love to walk. And my days off, I'll walk across the city. But I, I don't just walk. Like I go to busy areas where there are people and I go to cafes yeah. and bars and things like that. And, and, and I do that, especially on my days off. But it, just in general, I may just you know spend a day. I may just go for one drink, like walk down the street or whatever. It's just I just love being around people, even if I don't know a single person there. It's just being in an environment where there are people. So it is crazy being uh, here by myself. I've started working on some new projects, as you can see, the the one where I kind of went behind the scenes on in a, a day of what I do with PGH Museum. Made the beautiful smoothie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are so good. I did have at least, I had one of those today. I've only had one so far. But there's, a, oh, that's what I forgot to get. I was going to get more ice cream. I buy giant tubs of ice cream that, so I could use it for, for those. Right. I was at the store. I was even at the store. I had a list and I forgot to add that to the list of things to buy. Mm, no, this is when I eye roll at you. Sometimes I, I'm Brian's keeper to the camera. Like I tell you when to sleep. Now I have to make sure that you have your tub of ice cream. I have to make sure you're awake sometimes. That's it. So right after this is over, you're getting a text that says, go buy the ice cream before you go to work. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, Anytime. I so, so yeah, so you've been handling it. You've been able to, you've, have you been able to kind of keep up with what you've been doing for the most part? I mean, obviously you're, you're not doing the art talk interviews now. We're, we're kind of on a, on a holding a hiatus for that. And we've replaced it with the Corona conversations, which we're doing now. Yeah. Um, I've, so with Art Talk, we had a few lined up that we didn't get to do because this all started happening. So I've still been keeping tabs on them. And I know that uh, I'm not eye rolling at them, but like Instagram lives have been happening with everybody and like these Zoom meetings like this. And I've just been watching. So I've been watching people who we had slated to come on. Princess Jafar just did something with Gia Fagnelli and Slow Danger, who we interviewed like a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like two, three hours of just like variety show of like Pittsburgh's crazy alternative talent. And I just loved it so much. So our talk, I mean, I'm not talking to the artists. I'm not really reaching out, but I'm still consumed by it all. I'm still watching everyone and and Slow Danger, I know what you're doing. And Princess Jafar, we will get you on the camera soon, I promise. But uh, in, for, as far as your music goes, that's still rolling along. That's still rolling along really well. So uh, I've kind of like lost momentum a little bit over the years. And with this and being stuck inside, like I'm forced to see the studio right now every day. So I have like an alternative account where I said, I've, I have like 40 songs that I've done over the last four years, just on a hard drive, don't know how to sort them, don't know how to get started with it. And that kind of sparked a conversation. So now I'm just going through them and sorting the songs and writing lyrics about the pandemic. And when I worked with uh, healthcare in this country and what it is now and <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff. So it's, it's coming along. I hope something's out in the next year. So I wanted to do shows. So bad and i wanted you did you brought together millville music festival 
that's where I wanted to make the return. And I know it's not canceled yet. I know it's not canceled. They postponed it to August. <sighs> I'd, uh, I wanted to be in rehearsals two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty, very frustrating. I, I know exactly what you mean. I had uh, some, so I, one of the things that I really want to do with this project, so um, it's one of the reasons why I'm really glad that you handled the Art Talk uh, hosting. One is because I, I think you're, you're better at that than I would be, uh, just because I... I'm really interested for that. What's that? I'll flip my hair for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and, and it's not a criticism of myself. I think I'm a very good host, but everybody has their expertise, and, and you have to know what you're you're good at. Um, but one thing I really, really want to do is move away from traditional talk shows and interviews, and I want to do a lot of like the storytelling documentary style uh, programming, which you could see with the the day uh, PGH Art Talk Day is kind of like my first attempt at that style, which I was really, really happy with how it, it turned out. And I've been kind of slowly moving towards that. If you saw my interview with uh, Jaime Guerrero, and then when I did the Kennywood coverage of the uh, the, the winner uh, holiday lights. So I've been kind of like moving in that direction, but that was the first time I really jumped with both feet in and, and did it. And yeah, I they had were solid. Some... what's that? They were solid. That's yeah, like and... what got me on board too, because I liked that it was like up there and what you were doing. I thought there was really good narrative to those. Yeah, yeah. And and I have some other things I'm gonna be working on during the shutdown uh that I can still do. But like some of the stuff I had planned, I had some really, really interesting stuff planned for PGH museums that would have been more of that of that storytelling style. And none of them can happen because they all require me to be on site. So I know exactly what you mean about getting out of performing. It's like I really, really had some really cool things in the works and they've been completely halted uh in, in and it has come up with some other ideas. One of the ideas I have is uh, we're going to do a, a series on the steps in Beachview uh, that I want to do. No, not a series, but a single, like a, a one-off of, of those, which I think will be cool. And then there's another one that's going to feature graffiti art. Uh, I don't want to give too much away on that one, but I think give that's... Give it away? I don't even know about these yet. Oh, I know. I'll tell you once we, once we get done with this interview. But I think that one's going to be really interesting. So definitely stay tuned for that. That'll probably be the first one that comes out. And, and I, should, I would expect to see that in the next couple weeks. But uh, yeah, so like, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating waiting, but we're gonna wait a few more seconds while we hear from one of our great affiliates here on Corona Conversations. It's a wonderful museum in Indiana, PA. The Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the life of war hero, family man, and actor Jimmy Stewart, famously known for films like It's a Wonderful Life and Harvey. In addition to the impressive display of original movie posters and awards, the Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the icon on a personal level with relics of his upbringing with the J.M. Stewart Hardware Store to his military desk as a Brigadier General, Boy Scout Awards in a recreated bedroom, and much more. The museum even has a 1930s vintage movie theater to view old Jimmy Stewart films. Janie McCurgan, the museum's executive director, was never fortunate enough to meet Jimmy in person, but she's poured through the documents and set up the exhibitions. Does she feel like she knows him now? I do, I do. After diving into all these displays and the archives and reading multiple stories about him and books, I really feel like I know the man. 
he was who he was when you saw him. He was a simple, everyday man who was so kind. And uh, his advice to his daughters going off to college was, just be nice to people. That's all he told them. So he was just a really down-to-earth, humble, kind man. Get your chance to meet Jimmy yourself with an impressive collection that spans his life at the Jimmy Stewart Museum, just upstairs of the Indiana Public Library in downtown Indiana, Pennsylvania. Learn more at jimmy.org. We're back with RJ Cozane on Corona Conversations, and we were talking a little bit about the struggles of just dealing with this. We're talking about some of the opportunities. Are there any opportunities that you've seen, like that you personally experienced to, to help um, your own craft? I mean, I can tell you one of my opportunities is I've been able to finally catch up on editing the commercials that I've been behind on. And um, I should be catching up on contacting museums, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> There's opportunities. It's more, I've been using it more just to like consume. So I've binge watched Mr. Robot in probably like half a month. And there's an agent that talks to an Alexa. So you're not alone. She does it too. Yeah. Well, actually Alexa has a conversation app now where you can have full conversations back and forth, but she's always too much about me. Like I ask her questions. She's like, no, I want to talk about you. Rude. She's not going to be on art talk. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've been consuming and I guess that's kind of a form of procrastination, but working from home, like my commutes would be an hour each way if I had to go into the office. So now that like those hours are saved, I've been like finding recipes. If it's not even like things that I'm doing, just like finding ways to get creative and just like taking notes from everyone who's still doing it. Like these live stream live streams and um, people who are even putting like, the greater Pittsburgh art council has that. Um, what is it? The, the fun that's going up, the yeah. or whatever it is. And just like watching everyone just like fighting back in their homes, not able to go out. It's just, it's inspiring. And I think consuming and being inspired is definitely going to lead to opportunities down the line. I hope. Yeah, I hope so. And I think it's a good, I, I I've often said, I feel like people, because they have more time on their hands at home, they're exploring alternative content outside of the traditional medium. So they're, they're, they're still watching their Netflix and binging on Netflix, but then they're also looking on Facebook for things to do. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for artists to uh, get seen and uh, be recognized during this time that maybe they wouldn't, even though it may not be as profitable now. It might generate some more enthusiasm when things do open up because people are looking for new stuff. Although I will say the profitability has probably gone down. I don't know how that whole thing works, even being in this industry for so long. But I've seen like, if there's artists still watching these right now, and you better be watching these, uh, don't be ashamed to like hawk your Venmo or Hawk, your PayPal. Every time I've seen like a DJ go live or a drag queen do a variety show, I've seen like tip this person, pay this person, like help. So I I hope that I know it's hard, but don't be afraid to like Hawk that, especially during this time. Cause I think I have tips that like my Venmo is just like here, queen here. Yes. Thank you for the live stream. And I think that, yeah, we have to support each other during these times. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I know my uh, relative of mine was doing a collection of just like gift cards where people would give them money and they would use it to buy grocery store gift cards to give out to people. So um, there's all sorts of different ways that you can help your, yourself in your own situation. Um, so our talk, it, you know, we're going to be bringing it back out eventually once, once everything is open again. And you go through a process. So you, you do the, the interviewing, and I don't have anything to do with that. I, I often, not always, sometimes you, you hook up the guests, but I often uh, work with hooking up the guests and stuff like that. But you always handle the questions and do the research and, and, and everything like that. So what kind of process do you go through in researching these artists, and, and how do you come up with the questions that you ask them? Because you're much more, you have a much different style than I do. You go through, and you really oh. research the hell out of people where I usually go through and I mean, I do research to a point and I have like some bullet points, but I kind of just like go through and have more of a conversation where like I learn things as I'm going and then my questions will change based on that. But you tend to come in a little more prepared. I do. And before I even get into that, I do want to say like approaching artists, you do do the bulk of that. Like I'm so shy. I'm like the typical artist type who just wants to watch the art in the corner. So <laughs> if, an, if an artist wants to be on the show, and I'm not approaching you, approach me because I will talk your ear off once we get comfortable. Yes. Uh, in terms of like preparing for the actual interviews. So Madame Dolores, if you watch that one, there's a point about like 45 minutes in and that whole hour is worth it. Like start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, where I mentioned Sun Crumbs, which was a collective that she was in until 2008. And I think it was even in like the late nineties. I don't know how long that ran, but it seemed like it was a while. And she was just like, excuse me, like, where did you pull that one out from? That's been so long ago. And <laughs> I sit down. So I get the name. I sit down and I just Google and go on like Google rampages for hours. I watch the artist stuff. I listen to it if they do audio stuff or um, in the case of Bob, with Dirty, I think I scrolled through his Instagram top to bottom and I could tell you how many times he's like duplicated a piece with a different like <laughs> or something. So I just dig. I And that's part of that's like just out of a love for the Pittsburgh art scene and art in general. I don't think that they get spotlighted enough. So when an artist is like, hi, I'm here, I, I want to genuinely know start to finish like chronologically. How have you got to this point that you're sitting down with me? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like my approach with that. Like, I don't want to go in and just be like, hi, who are you? I want to be like, oh, oh yeah, that's all you. Yeah. 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 The more I know about someone, I, I just, I'm fascinated the more I learn. And then when I sit down and hear them explain the process back to me, I say it, I think every interview at this point, I learn something and my brain explodes every single time I sit down with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's, a, it's a great approach because I think people, you know, they gravitate that to that as an audience member as well. And they see that you're interested and engaged, they're going to be interested and, and engaged as well. Yeah, and I want the, the artist to be engaged too. Like, I don't want to ask the typical, like, so who, like, the kind of like, who are you, the questions? Like, here's 10 questions on page five of this magazine with this artist. And they're always like superficial and really dumb. Yes, I hate I, I, Yeah. I hate totally. when people ask, like, who's your inspiration? Like, nobody cares. Like, I mean, honestly, do you know anyone who's ever cared who someone else's inspiration was? Ever? No. Like, have you ever cared who someone was inspired by? Like, no. I, I never have. <laughs> yeah. I care about the person I'm talking to, and I, and I want to hear. And that's another thing. Like, I've always felt, 
and uh, some people will disagree with me, and those people are wrong. Um, I've always felt that Brian, <laughs> I can only eye roll at you so many times. Well, here's the thing. Hear me out. Reel it in. Interviews are about the host. They're not about the guest. I don't know that many people that are tuning in for me. No, hear me out seriously. So the guests are not, they're not unimportant, but people listen to a show because they want to hear the host's interaction with said person. If they just want to hear that person talk, they can follow them on Instagram or Twitter. I mean, we live in an age where it is, people are very accessible and they're on social media. Um, like you look at any daytime talk show, um, name a talk show for me. That you I don't even watch them. <laughs> daytime talk show? I don't know. But nighttime, I mean, I, I grew up watching David Letterman. So let's just go back and say David Letterman. Okay. So you like David Letterman. Uh, so uh, a, a real per- person that you like goes on David Letterman, right? You're watching because you want to hear David's interaction with that guest, not that guest in particular. That and that's true. That's the same. That's what I mean about like the interviews about the host, not the guest. The guest is important, but you can hear that guest on any show, especially like when someone has something coming out, right? They're going to be on Letterman. Then they're going to go on Leno. Then they're going to go on CBS this morning. They're going to hit the market, hit the circuit, and they're going to go on every single talk show. Oh, and I never wanted book. to they're... watch Leno. <laughs> well, but my, my point though is that yeah. that's my point though. You don't like Leno. You like Letterman. So that person say, uh, name, name a musician that you really like. Uh, I mean, Beyonce. So if Beyonce goes on Letterman and she's on Leno, you're probably going to skip Leno and just watch Letterman, right? I might watch Leno for me. There are certain times where, like, growing up, how I got into, like, music and the creative process and even, like, doing these is I would just binge watch an artist who I really, really liked. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't matter what. I've probably watched every single Madonna interview there is on the planet, and that is a long-ass career. Yeah, uh, but if it's like someone that I'm mildly interested in, like I really like uh, Aubrey Plaza. I think that she's wonderfully a- awkward and great. Uh, I'll usually just watch a couple that I know the banter is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there are certain people, but but for the most part, you know, if you're going to get a sustained audience, it's because of the host, not because of the guests. Because guests come and go, and if someone is a diehard uh, Slow Danger fan, but they really don't give a shit about anything else, they're not going to keep watching after that one interview of Slow Danger, if you even get them for that interview at all. Whereas if you're an engaging host, they may come for Slow Danger, but then they like you and then they're going to keep watching for the future interviews. Do you stan RJ Cozane if you're watching this? Let us know in the comments below. (laughs) I love a compliment. Yeah, so um, so you prepare, and then then you you do the interviews, and then you also like so one of the neat things about art talk, and, and you when you first suggested this, I was like, yes, do it. Uh, the podcast version is different than the video version, which I really love because then it gives you a reason to check both out, and it takes a lot more work to edit the audio version than the video version because. I'm just, you know, unless there's something really glaring, I pretty much just put the interview out there and then throw in some commercials and stuff. But, but there's a lot of narration that goes into the audio version. How long does it take you to get through one of those? There is. And I don't know if everyone knows that there is such a distinct difference where in the podcast version, like I will just go in and it's kind of like a retrospect. So mm-hmm. in, when you're watching like the interview interview, like the audio and the video, I'm there. I'm in the moment of doing it. And then after it all settles and it's just like a completely different perspective in the podcast version. So whenever I do that, and when I started, 
it was like four hours of prep just to get the session started and then like two to three hours of editing because I just wanted it to be good. Yeah. Um, so now I have a template that I work with. I work with Logic Pro for music and the audio editing for these things. Um, so the template set up that saves me oh, a bunch of time with like the compression and the EQ and the noise cancellation that's all on there. It probably takes me now about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how much I have to talk, how much I have to edit things. Um, so it's still a sizable chunk of time because I still have to listen and go back and like re like soak it in afterward yeah. too. And that's, that's completely how, different. yeah. And, and that's kind of the difference between doing these conversations and, and my work with the art talk. And then what I'll be doing with these documentaries, the documentaries are going to be, that's going to be a bear because it's going to be not only, you have to look through all of the footage and the B-roll footage and come up with the narration and and make it all work with the video. And then also with the narration there, I want to do it on site. So I'm going to have to go back and spend more hours on the site after I'm done recording. So it's going to be kind of a nightmare. So I know what you mean is there's a huge difference between going through that process versus just like uploading and, and, and putting it out there. It is, but all of the working parts, like w- when they come together at the end, I mean, it's just like whenever I do a song because I play all the instruments, I write it all, I sing it all. So that all has to come together too in like a, a hundred track, like big file thing, whereas mm-hmm. the, our talk ones are considerably smaller, but there's still a lot of moving parts. And with the documentaries and things too, like when they all come together, it's just like, yes, like it's artistic accomplishment. Has yeah, it is. It's exciting. And I feel like it is, more fulfilling like that one short video about my day has been more fulfilling to me than anything else i've done on the project from a you know creation standpoint except for maybe the kennywood one or actually there's a few i did that were pretty good but i do think that was my my favorite one the one that i just did with the the pgh museum's day um those are challenging i actually was going to record one of them uh just uh, a couple days ago this is uh so we're recording this on the 15th so it would have been the 13th i was looking to record these but it was so windy, I was terrified to bring the camera out because I'm not a camera person when I do these. I'm just like, like I shot that video. I just kind of like looked, I turned the screen around and I looked at the angle and I just kind of like guessed and I'm like, I don't think this will work. Uh, and you know, I was pretty successful, but like, you know, without a camera person and it being so windy, I was afraid it would knock the camera over and then we're out our camera. <laughs> Please don't break the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that was a very big fear of mine. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna wait we'll do this next week and uh and, and make it happen then so but uh, that's gonna be a fun one we're gonna uh, that the stairs will be cold the graffiti one will be cold because we're actually gonna bring in stephen pierce and uh to get his expertise on uh on the work itself we're gonna show him via zoom and he'll get to react this is so mysterious to me i miss steve first of all i comment like through the pandemic there's two people who i yell at you and then you want other people's statuses. But I always comment on Steve's and I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, what is this graffiti thing? I kind of just want to like end you now so I can know what it is. Don't tell me. But uh, you talking about like the day and filming that and like being like the best thing that like fulfilling for you just reminded me like that whole like half week felt fulfilling because we had the Willie James interview come out. And then like the next day, Rick Seaback, hi, I'm an available host for an interview series called Art Talk on pghmuseums.org. And I hear that you are really well renowned in Pittsburgh. Watch the episode. And that was really nice just to see like 
someone watching it. And then two days later, your thing came out and I was like, this is all like so much fun. And your video felt really like Willie James inspired. So it felt like- It was, yeah, it definitely was inspired. I mean, that is definitely the style. Like not, I mean, our styles are still different, um, but that's kind of what I was actually planning to do. And his video just kind of inspired me to get off my ass and do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But that is the style that we're going to be, that I'm going to be doing with a lot of my stuff. Um, this is more of like different scenes and it's not necessarily going to be on a timeline. Um, the one interview, well, I don't, need to, I don't want to reveal anything because it's still going to happen. Um, stay Five tuned. Five minutes from now, I'm going to get it all. These people, yeah. mm, we don't need you. I have the inside scoop. That's Just right. tweet me, DM me, I'll spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm really good at responding to DMs. So slide in, I'll spoil it. Don't tell Brian I did it. <sighs> So Brian eye rolls at me too. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> We're gonna. I, I end this with everybody because I, I, you know, I want these these videos to be helpful to people. Uh, in and that's kind of one of the reasons why we do it. People get to hear with how the artists are dealing and apply that to their own lives. So I, you know, I, I hate to I hate to be cliche or, or I hate to kind of run the thing where like you you end every interview on on the same note. But I think it's important in these conversations to do so. So uh, so I am gonna do it. If there's one thing that you've done that has helped you get through the coronavirus, what would that thing be? Uh, what, that's something that maybe other people can take from to help themselves because people are struggling in this situation. It is, it's either, either one, one or two things are happening. Either they're by themselves and they're, they're lonely and they're struggling not having human connection or they're with their family and they hate their family and they're stuck dealing with people that they don't like. So <laughs> one of the two things are going on here. Uh, and, and I mean, you're in a good position where I, I, I like to think you probably like your boyfriend. I love my boyfriend. Right? And you, you like your dog or love your dog? I love my dog. So you're in a good position, but some people aren't. Some people, you know, some people are stuck with a, yes. a wife they don't like or kids that are rotten. So people are struggling. So what what have you done to help keep your mind occupied? Um, so I'll just give two pieces of advice, like one for the creatives and one for just generally everyone. And I think the first one is um, limit the media consumption and the president's speeches. <laughs> um, I give myself like an like a half hour to freak out a day. So I will. It will usually be during press conference time. I'll go to Twitter, I'll scroll, I'll see all of the things at one time, have the anxiety attack, then calm the hell down with something else. Um, which leads into the second thing for the uh, creatives out there. And I think that like just like slowing things down and limiting a lot of things helps. And I just uh, got back into, I never got out of it, but I never made time for it. And now I have all of the time in the world uh, meditating. So I think that slowing things down and just like focusing on just like your breath or something and just bringing in the fact that you are here, you are in the moment um, really helps. And so those are probably the two pieces of advice. But if you're in an awful situation, I mean, get out. I've seen uh, articles about like abuse and stuff like that, like go. But if it's just like run of the mill, like, man, I hate being here all alone. Stop reading the news for a minute, sit down, put on the meditation app, calm down. Then watch Art Talk, buy my album, go to pghmuseums.org, and when we're out of this, please meet me at the bar because I'm ready to have a drink. 
Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com. Thank you for listening to COVID Conversations, a special series for PGH Museums, produced and edited by me, Brian Crawford. Support PGH Museums by joining our membership program at pghmuseums.org slash join. Our music is Energy 2013 by Sasha Endy and can be found at filmmusic.io and licensed under the Creative Commons. Let us know how you're keeping your spark in these trying times. Email me at brian at pghmuseums.org. Stay safe, keep your distance, and keep creating. 